There's uh, Brain Willis, Jeremiah Hall, talking about uh, something we've discussed before. You get the best shot um, from from everyone. Like this is their this is their moment. This is their their coming out party to beat Oklahoma to have a big performance against Oklahoma. Um, whether it's because you felt like you should have been recruited by uh, a team of that caliber and you were passed up, or you know this is your chance to 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 get you know, on the radar for the NFL, um, you know, playing against, uh, you know, top caliber players, you're going to get the best shot. It's not a, um, it's, it's not a position where teams lay down. It is the exact opposite. Now you can get them to lay down quicker, right? Sure. Whenever you roll in with overwhelming firepower and, and efficiency and physicality right whenever if you can start the game like that and let it be known right out of the gate who the dominant football team is here then yeah you can get teams to say well well we tried whatever let's get this thing over with and uh we'll move on to next week that does happen but if if you don't do that right away and they feel like there's a chance they are going to fight you tooth and nail and they, the other sideline is going to be, and this week is a little bit different with the OU Texas dynamic, but more so talking about just like generally Big 12 stuff and, and non-conference. That entire sideline on the opposite side of the field is going to be absolutely playing as one to try and get it done. Oh, it's, it, even more so this year. things fall apart. Even yeah, more so absolutely. this year, man, with teams like TCU and Kansas State because of the looming the SEC move. Well, I, the blood in oh, the water, yeah. sure. And, and TCU, let's, you know, they, they were aware of that. But the SEC move as well, that's always been the case. But I don't know. There could be a case for that even more so this year. You know, and, and we talk about a Texas team that – well, yeah, they got two losses, and you know this is not the best team that you're going to face all year long. But this is a scenario, man, and we talked about it last week. Hey, there, here's a new staff for TCU. Here's an opportunity for them to announce their arrival, and they did that. Uh, here's a chance for Texas, though, for this staff to still, even though they're a year and a half in, this would be the signature win for this new staff. Make no mistake about it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they're going to come into this game super arrogant, and thinking that they're facing a wounded animal and they just have to show up. But that staff at Texas is still looking for their first big-time win. And even though OU's beat up, it would be the closest thing to a big win that they've had up to this point. If we lose, is it worth losing the rest of the games this year to make sure it wasn't a quality win for Texas? Uh, God. <laughs> That means you would have lost to Texas and Oklahoma State in the in the same year for the first time since '98. Is that right? '98. Oh man, I didn't know that. Yeah, Is that right. Yeah, because even last year you still beat Texas. I don't think you've lost to those two teams in the same year since '98. Yeah, I'm just joking. Uh, obviously, no. But... Texas will find a way to have a terrible season, win or lose this game. They, they can do it all on their well, own. Well, here's the thing, like. That staff's, uh, so far, their biggest win is a close loss to Alabama. and It's true. That is absolutely the truth, 100% the truth. 
Uh, they were talking about avoiding the rat poison after losing a game. Well, which is and that's strange. before I said that, I said, Well, the staff's biggest win and I stopped and I said, No, they have a big win this year, right? They they've had a big win. Oh yeah, yeah, it was that close loss to Alabama. Like it felt like they, like their thought is that they've had a big win. Well, here's the point though. I I think we saw in that game in the Alabama was you know, they made a ton of mistakes, ton of penalties. Um, you know, they they tried a bunch of different ways to beat themselves. But you saw in that game what Texas is capable of. Like, they were they were fighting tooth and nail at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they were. Their offensive line played really well. Their defensive line played really well. We saw what that team is capable of. Now, like one of the biggest problems that they've they've had throughout the years and, and still fighting it right now is, you know, handling success, even when success is losing a game, um, it has not gone well. They did not play well the following week to UTSA and then they lost to, to Texas Tech. So like uh, they looked good against West Virginia, but we know that this team is really capable of some of some top level play. And I, I don't know. We haven't seen anything from Oklahoma yet against what you would consider a quality opponent to suggest that we're capable of the same level of play. I agree with that. Um, that I mean, does, that's, that's just the reality right now. does go to our uh, normal Tuesday question of game week. Uh, what is this particular team? What, what's the best? What are they going to have the best of that OU's seen up to this point? Uh, I'm definitely willing to say running back. Texas is going to have the best backs that OU's seen up to this point with Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson. Before the year, I would have said wide receivers, but in terms of how they actually played this year, I don't know. I might, I might give the edge to TCU. Is running back the only thing that Texas has that we can say, yeah, that's the best of what OU's seen up to this point? Um... Yeah, probably. I mean, and I don't even know statistically is that the case. I mean, statistically, it may, may not be because I bet I bet uh, TCU's one two duo running back. Their numbers are pretty filthy, especially after last week. Right, but yeah, I mean, um, Worthy is really really good. Um, you know they got they got multiple guys. Whittington is a really good player. I mean, they've got um, they got several guys. I mean, even Bijan Robinson. You have to add him in the in the passing game because he does such a good job out of the backfield for them. So, I mean, I I would say their their complement of skill guys is probably. I mean. I, I'll probably take them. Oh man, I don't know if I'd take them over TCU or not. It's close though. I mean, it's 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 really close. Um, I I don't know if I would either. I mean, TCU's wide receivers look really good, man. I mean, really good. They don't have a Quentin. Frankly, right. Um, frankly, the Max Duggan right now quarterback efficiency and the way he's played. He's played better than both uh, Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. 100%. Um, the complement of backs that they had, uh, TCU had, is 
you know, exceptional. I, I would say that Bijan Robinson is probably a better individual player. Um, I'm okay with that, but and and Roshan Johnson's no, um, he's he's good too. So I, I'll give the edge to to Texas when it comes to running backs. And maybe Worthy is a better overall wide receiver. I, some people would make that argument. I wouldn't. I think Quentin Johnston's the best receiver in the conference. Um, but the complement of wide receivers, like all of them, I would. I think TCU. I think TCU has so, the better uh, the the better number one receiver and the better complement of guys. I, I take TCU in both. But that's yeah. not to say that Texas doesn't have skill talent. Of course they do, and that's still the best part of their team. Right. Um, defensively, they're better than last. I mean, they were god awful last year. Golly, they were so bad. They're better than they were a year ago, but they're still not a finished product defensively. You you can still get them if you've no. got if you've got playmakers. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Let's see. I'm looking up the rushing statistics right now. Um, um, Bijan Robinson has. Way more attempts than Miller at TCU, almost twice as many. Uh, not quite. He's got 88 to Miller's 51, but Miller's averaging 7.5 yards a carry with five touchdowns and a 69-yard long. Um, nice. So, yeah, it's it's not far off. It's uh, it's not far off. Uh, so, all right, let, let, let's get to some text here. They're the best offense we will have faced by far. I just don't know if I can get there. By far, I think TCU's offense is pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I mean, it just depends how you classify it. Statistically, they're not the best offense. TCU is the number one scoring offense in the Big 12. Um, they are... The are they the number one? I think Texas went into last week's game without a receiver that had caught a touchdown pass. They were through, I think maybe four games, yeah. and, a, and a wide receiver hadn't caught a touchdown pass yet. So yeah, like going into the year, like uh, they looked really good, and they can still be really good. Their offense just hasn't hit like a lot of people thought it would. It's it's still been okay, but it hasn't been the explosive offense that most people thought. Um, obviously, Quinn Ewers TCU. hasn't had the start, and then you haven't had um, you haven't had Xavier Worthy have the start that the season that everyone thought he was going to have either. They're big three. Yeah. Um, TCU right now is number one in total offense. Now, I – their their schedule and then they put up huge numbers against Oklahoma like so some of it is like you can call it skewed if you want you know I don't know but they're averaging 550 yards a game um Texas is um, they're they're um eighth in the conference right now at 417 yards a game so like statistically it is not the best offense that we will have faced. TCU is by an immense margin. But I back to what I was saying about what we saw with them against Alabama, they are totally capable when they put it all together. Yeah, and, you know, if we're going to make it incredibly easy on them like we did TCU, then they'll put up 
a ton of yards and points. Uh, from the 918, I can see Jatavian Sanders having a big game for them. OU hasn't been tested too much. Uh, with the tight end game uh, this year. So I feel like Kansas State, was that a tight end that was always in the middle of the field? Sanders has 20 catches for 212 yards uh, and three touchdowns. He's a big body, six foot four, 250 pound guy. Yeah, that's that situation will be there for Texas. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They'll they'll try and get him involved, especially since we've shown, um, you know, mistakes there, which, you know, Mental mistakes on Kansas State's tight end, getting those, catching those seam routes. Those were mental busts. So, yeah. I, I and I, I said it earlier with Parker. I, we're we're going to talk all week long about who the quarterback should be or shouldn't be. You know, whatever people will riot in the stands if Davis Bevel's the starting quarterback. And I'm not saying it matters. Of course, it matters who the starting quarterback is. But man, unless this defense is going to play a whole lot better Saturday. It doesn't matter if it's Davis Bevel or Nick Evers or General Broody, whoever it is. I think this defense is going to have to be the reason why you win the game. And if we're talking about an OU sure. upset win, I think that we're definitely going to be saying, wow, this defense in a week's time, they figured it out and they shut down one of the best offenses they faced up to this point. Yeah, I just, like, it, it, like, whoever starts at quarterback, I don't care what you think about Nick Evers or anybody else, they're not scoring 55 points on Saturday. And if the defense allows that many points and yards, then forget about it. This defense is going to have to be the reason, man. Flat out. What's the number? What's the number of points they have to hold Texas to to win? I think the number has to be – I'm right around the 24-28 number. I'm going to say 24 needs to be the number that they need to hold Texas That's to. That's the exact number I was thinking. Yeah. Exact number I was thinking. Um, and, you know, frankly, that – that may even be a bit high, maybe a bit high, um, you know, depending on, depending on what the situation is at quarterback, I, that number probably fluctuates quite a bit. And I don't know, like we better, we better be ready to run the football. If it's like, even if it is Dylan Gabriel, you know, Dylan Gabriel was not playing great before he got hurt. Um, he could use the running game really firing off in this in this uh, in this game to take some of the pressure off. Uh, even though he he's had he's had time, he's had open receivers. Uh, it it just mentally is the pressure I'm really talking about. Like uh, to feel like they're moving the ball really well, especially in the running game. You know, I think he can maybe relax a little bit on some of those throws and complete them a little bit better and. Instead of feeling like maybe he's pressing, and I don't know. And I think I heard you and Parker uh, Thune talking about it. I I think they need to slow the offense down. Yeah, yeah. And, and someone texted us about that, and I had it written down today. And if you, I mean, obviously, if you can, if you're down seventeen nothing or twenty eight seven in the blink of an eye, like last year, and you want to try and get back in the game, you can't really do that, but. Yeah, man, kind of go about it like Kansas State, right? Fight, figure out a way to get an early lead and control the tempo and the pace for the rest of the game. There, there. I mean, there's your way to win. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, Inventables talked about it last night on the coaches' show with uh, Toby Rowland and I. You know, he started going down through their their offensive drives. You know, kind of possession by possession about. 
like how much time that had come off the clock and you know it's just it's not good enough and it makes me think that you know they're they got to be discussing slowing the pace down at least until they establish themselves in the football game a little bit better you know and i think i think it would go a long way to use it as more of a surprise attack than it is like your your mo yeah you know? yeah have it in your back pocket and Whenever you feel like you've got an opportunity to press the gas, you do it. I almost feel like it's a role reversal this weekend in how you know OU needs to go about winning because you've been the up-tempo team and people have been trying to take you out of that and teams have had some success doing that up to this point. I don't think Texas, their identity is all that different offensively. Like I, I think that they want to go fast and they want to go up-tempo, so it's a role reversal in that. If you take Texas out of their tempo, I think you can have some success defensively. I think that's where you would have the most right. success defensively. It's kind of it's kind of odd to think about it that way, but I think that's kind of the, the formula to win is if to have you know Texas having a, a three playing out and you keep them on the sidelines for five and a half six minutes instead. Exactly what everyone's been trying to do to you. That may be your your right. path to victory. Yep, yep. No, I uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, let's hit a timeout. Quick break. More from The Rush coming up, hanging out at FSBO Homes. Check them out online, fsbohomes.com, 405-594-7911. Give them a phone call. Uh, This is the way selling a home should be. Fewer hassles, a smoother process, more money in your pocket. They have a team of local qualified professionals to guide you from pricing to sell. they got a better strategy to attract the right buyer. They're going to help you market your home the way it should be, find out the right price up front with an appraisal, and they've got attorneys on the back end to make sure the closing and contract uh, process goes as smooth as possible. 405-594-7911. if you want to interact with the show. How can coaches correct players' mistakes in one week? What's the process? Position coaches in small rooms on the practice field? How can we fans have any optimism that this can be done? Now, I missed the very beginning of that question. How can coaches correct players' mistakes in one week? Just asking what the process is, basically. Is it in film room, practice field? All of the above. Typically, here's how it goes. Um, You come back in, you watch the film of the game, and you watch every play position coach and coordinator usually sometimes you watch it together as an offense or a defense um let's assume the defense watched every play together you'll watch a play defensive coordinator probably in this case also your head coach will go through every go through the play position by position every single player will talk about what they did right what they did wrong where the mistake was where the breakdown was um, and you'll do that with every single play. Also do it with your, your individual coach. will be in there too, giving, and you'll have like a grade sheet that will have uh, how you grade it out, plus, minus, production, factor grade, all of that stuff, and you'll go through all of that. And then a lot of times there will be a brief walkthrough period where, where you will go onto the field and walk through all of the critical mistakes that took place in the game. Um, and then you'll move on to the next week and you'll install what it is that the game plan is going to be, teach it, 
talk about the the critical aspects of it, why it's going in, like what their what their real bread and butter is, and what the the priority defensively needs to be. Um, insert those things, and those are usually done in stages. Uh, usually, you start off just like general uh, game plan stuff, moving the ball. And then as the week progresses, you'll install a third down package. You'll have a short yardage and goal line package. You'll have a blitz package. Um, and it's broken down like that. And every day you go out, you practice it. You practice it against a script designed off of what that team has, has done previously, what they've put out there. Um, you'll probably pull from three sometimes five different games and um you'll pull those plays like exactly as they are and then you'll also predict some of the stuff that you may see based off of what your mistakes have been and like what they will how they will view your defense and those will be built in you'll practice all of those and every single day after practice, you'll go back and you'll watch every single play of practice, be coached on all of the mistakes, uh, inside drill, seven-on-seven, seven, uh, team period, team blitz period, short yardage and goal line period. Every mistake, you'll usually watch the each individual practice as a, uh, in, as a position group. Uh, so you'll grade the practice. You don't get written grade. You just go back through and watch it and make corrections. And then you'll watch film of uh, the team that you're playing. You'll watch Texas film. You'll watch um, maybe a, a, a play-by-play of the second half against Texas Tech. Maybe you'll watch, since it's going to be third down install day, maybe you'll watch uh, all of the third downs from their previous three or four games. Maybe you'll watch all of the third and eights. Um, Please you know, watch third it's all and eight. broken down like that. I would like them to watch yeah. third and eights. So that would help. Uh, this one says, on the bright side, I don't believe we got to worry about a top-tier team swooping in and stealing Jeff Levy from us this year anyway. That's from Steve-O. Appreciate it, Steve-O. Love your movies, except the one with the uh, toy car scene uh, way back in the day. You know, that was a bit much. It was a bit, a bit much. much. I like my favorite Steve-O um, bit is whenever he – took the hook through his cheek when it was connected <laughs> like to that fishing fish. pole and yeah. jumped into the ocean with the sharks. <laughs> that was awesome. Steve-O's been sober now for uh, several – or at least he says he's yeah. been sober now for several years. Bam Margera, eh, not so much. He is. He does – he's got a podcast, and I think it does pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. Was telling this to my family even three weeks ago. Slow down the offense just a bit. They aren't even getting set on the offense and worrying about audibles on the field. Also, it, you leave your D on the field way too much, especially on three and outs. Never want to leave your D on the field, so – well, Bills fans um, throw a lot of them out onto the field <laughs> when they're playing home games, but I would tend to agree with you. Uh, never want to leave your D on the field too long. That is a rule to live by. I agree. And I've, you know, I've never been a fan of I, – I, I like an up-tempo offense like in spurts. Like whenever you've, you've made a couple of first downs, maybe when you cross the 50 – and you start to sense a little bit of um, 
like heavy breathing, D linemen starting to have their, their hands on their hips and bent over at the waist. Like whenever you sense some of that, then I like pressing the gas. But I've never liked it to start off a series because, you know, it's just there's, there, there's such a high risk, and I don't know how great the reward is. Like as you get longer into a drive, the higher the reward is uh, with tempo, in my opinion. Uh, back to the text line. We, we have uh, I thought his response – to being asked about the panic quote was perfect. You practice it, LOL. Um, yeah, I get. Oh, this. that was with the with the defensive backs, right? Panicking yeah. whenever the ball's in the air. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, he said that Saturday after the game. I get this question a lot, uh, Tyler. What are your thoughts on your bet that OU would have a better record than USC? Not great. I feel like I'm going to lose fifty doll hairs, or that um, I've lost it. Well, I don't know, but I remain optimistic. For some reason, they they've got a tough one this week. Are they at home They're against Washington State? Yes. Let's not act like USC isn't capable of completely falling apart down the stretch. I, hey, I'm not saying that my bet looks great, but I just I'm not going to be shocked if USC finds a way to lose like three games. Well, OU's going to have yeah. to hustle up to even push on this bet, but there's still a small glimmer of hope. In the distance. Washington State is not a bad football team. That's a that's a four and hey, one. Hey, and much like team. OU, um, USC is one hit away from being a drastically different team as well. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Alex Grinch getting some talk about that Arizona State job and the Colorado job too. Coach. I saw his name being floated out for that oh, one. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Nice. Which job would you rather have, Arizona State or Colorado? <laughs> it may come down to where you'd rather live, Tempe or Boulder. Man. Both those jobs are tough. They are. I'm just I, – I feel like Arizona State has have some better access to recruiting than Colorado, but neither is a great option. I might hold out. Uh, this text says, what do you say to Woody Washington? Uh, Turn around? Yeah, he's he's been in good position. He's covered well. Just don't tackle the guy. Get the, yeah, just get your hand down on the hip and turn and find the football. Uh, let's see. Which is, which is, by the way, way easier said than done, especially whenever the guy you're guarding is six foot five. Yeah, 918 says, tired of the doom and gloom. They're not throwing a team full of Akron Zips out there on Saturday. We got some guys who can play. That's right. That's right. We'll be just fine. I feel like the expectation is that the uh, people are shocked that the uh, spread is not up to double digits, but it's still sitting there at seven. Still hanging around at a touchdown. Yeah, I'm – I uh... – I am heavily considering taking the University of Oklahoma as my lock of the week. Whoa, I was about to ask coming up next hour or early week feel. Someone thinks OU's going to come out with their back against the wall and fights a little bit. Okay. I don't know if they're going to at all. 
I don't know if we're going to start our backup linebacker, as some people suggest, at quarterback. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I I know like I'm betting this game if I do that, right? I'm not I'm not taking Oklahoma. I'm taking the Red River Shootout Showdown Battle, whatever it's called these days. I I'm taking that game to be a one-score game at the end, incredibly close. It has really nothing to do with Oklahoma or the University of Texas. OU plus – well, just wait until kickoff. Wait until, like, Friday. I think you're going to get a better line than what, you're, what you can get right now. Wait until they announce that uh, backup linebacker Jaron Kinnick is Kittick, starting at quarterback. Starting quarterback. And I'm trying to filter out these texts. Normally I wouldn't, but I know you're close to – Going off the deep end today, so I'm no, trying to. No, fi- no, no, just bring it, just bring it. Don't, f- don't you filter that. I don't need you editing. I our think I text do line. today. I think I do today. No. Uh, and, and it's been sent like four or five times now, and we get so many texts. I'm trying to find it. Basically, it's saying, "Well, what about uh, Joe Lanning at Iowa State? It worked for them. He was a linebacker and he played quarterback a little bit. Why can't Jaron Cannon go in there and have some success?" Which I love. <sighs> I don't. I don't know. Was it just? Was he? What was his history? Was he a quarterback? I think he was I, a quarterback in high school. Don't. And it's not like he was the quarterback every. He was like a change of pace guy for Iowa State. Was he not? Like he wasn't their full time so. starter. Like they just threw him in there to run a basic wildcat package: run left, right, or right up the middle. I feel like maybe he threw it a couple I, times, but. I don't think a whole lot. I remember, and he, he, like, halfway through the season had a great season going, and I remember some people, like, touting him for Heisman Trophy, and I remember watching some of his film being like, uh, I'm sorry, like, I give the guy a ton of credit, but he's not even in, the like, the top 15 best linebackers in the Big 12, so we need to back off the Heisman talk. But, uh yeah, they did have some success with it, and uh, I guess if you want to run some change up and put the Canic kid at um, at uh, whatever it's called, Wildcat quarterback, if it gives us a spark, do it. But stop! Don't don't tell me to do that instead of starting your backup quarterback at the position he's trained to play. Like a changeup, third and short, first and ten, whatever. If that creates a spark, do it. But you can't run it 75 times in the game. I guess maybe you can't. I don't know. I guess is it really much difference than uh, uh, having Sam Ellinger at quarterback? No, that basically I, all they keep did. keep the clock moving too, Teddy. That's what Texas did yeah. for four consecutive years in this game. QB power left or right. That was basically it. And they kept all those games close and even won one in 2018. There you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is... 
Uh, number one, uh, last night, Monday night football, um, my dream as a football player took place last night. Uh-oh. Uh, I was living vicariously through Bobby Wagner, who <laughs> yeah, destroyed uh, oh, so some clown running around on the football field. Oh, what a moment. Amazing uh, if I could, uh, if I could just play in one more game, and uh, and have that scenario take place, and not worry about a fine or anything, and go out there and just absolutely crush some individual running around on the field. Um, well, forget I about playing. It. What if uh, you were the sideline reporter for some reason again for OU football, sideline analyst, whatever, and that happened, which that did happen at OU six or seven years ago. If you had an opportunity and you were still on the sidelines. Would you go out and tackle a guy like that? Hell yes. Yeah, you would be would. a legend around here. I mean, uh, oh that my would be God, fantastic. Everyone would think you're the cool. Do you remember Anthony Schlegel at Ohio State? He did that um, at a home game in Columbus. I think he was like their strength and conditioning guy under Urban Meyer, okay. and he like nice. picked a guy up off the ground and just boom threw him down and. I still think Ohio State fans are talking about it. It is one way yeah. to earn legend status if you don't have it already. Now, unfortunately, I, of the all of the angles that I've seen of it, there was one of the security that was out there chasing around that I think must have blown an ACL or something. Uh, they're just running normally and go uh, crashing down to the ground and then get back to their, their feet to try and take off running again and just, like, wobble and go back to the ground. So uh, probably an injury there. Tyler, the Twitter deal with Elon Musk is back on. It's proceeding. Sweet. They're moving forward. I don't know if they're, uh, they're closing up the court case or what, but apparently the deal is a go. And my hope is that Elon Musk, finishes up the acquisition of Twitter, then takes the servers, uh, shoots him on one of his SpaceX rockets into the sun, never to be seen again. Yeah, he, um, he, he buys Twitter only to destroy it so that no one yeah. can use it ever again. Best case scenario for mankind. And for Teddy this week, too. Needing him to stay right. sane. That's right. Now, if we, if we uh beat texas maybe we can go recover it uh from from the surface of the sun but uh as of right now that is my hope and i saw this which i thought was interesting and i saw it on 24 7 sports i'm not exactly exactly sure where they drew the article from but um they had what they predicted to be the uh the first college football playoff top 25 poll and I thought it was fascinating who they had in their top four. Um, Georgia, who, you know, the way they started off with that Oregon win and coming off that national championship, you know, were I thought that they'd be number one or number two. But they had Georgia at number four uh, on that list. Clemson at three, Ohio State at two, and Alabama at one. Well, the only way that Georgia – gets jumped by Clemson if Georgia loses a game. I don't think that there's any yeah. way if both of those two teams stay unbeaten that Clemson finds a way to jump Georgia. And maybe Clemson's overall schedule or quality wins, whatever, look better, but I, I think it's hard to for anyone to get to that Clemson's a better football team than Georgia. Georgia well, hasn't played great Georgia, the past two weeks, but come on. Yeah. 
What if they keep farting around? Then they'll, they'll probably lose two games if they keep farting around in the regular season and hopefully lose to Mark Stoops. Now, remember, they've got a stretch. Now, they've got Olburn and Vandy coming up, but then they've go, they have Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Kentucky in a four-game stretch that uh, looks pretty brutal. So, we'll see. Is that it? Yep. I don't know if it was sold out last night, but, geez, it looked like it was at Marita Hines Field. No big deal, Teddy. Uh, OU softball can play Seminole State in a fall ball game, and they still pack the house out. And for the people that weren't at the game, there was a bunch more watching it on ESPN+. Middle of football season, whatever, OU softball, I mean, the fan base is just, it's ridiculous, man. Wow. Yeah, well, um, we are a softball school, especially whenever we've got two losses in football. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Ross Dellinger put out what a 12-team college football playoff bracket would look right meow if the season ended today. How about this? Kansas would host a home playoff game. Uh, they'd be the eight seed hosting Penn State in Lawrence. Amazing. Coastal Carolina would travel to Georgia. Oklahoma State would have a bye in the first round, playing in the Cotton Bowl against the winner of Georgia and Coastal Carolina. You'd have an SEC team, Ole Miss, going on the road, playing in the snow in Ann Arbor against Michigan. And then you would have the Tennessee Volunteers traveling all the way out west to play USC in a home game in the Coliseum. It's just crazy to look at that KU would be hosting a home game right now. Wow. Yep. That that would be so freaking cool. Um, That would be awesome. Now, the University of Southern California would still be able to host the home game. if it played out that way, that's how that would work, I'm guessing? Yeah, USC would host a home game, but uh, Tennessee fans would checker the Coliseum because they would actually bring fans <laughs> out there. Nice. Last one Very I have, nice. and this one is hard to explain. Uh, for those of you that watched uh, you know, Peyton and Eli's broadcast last night, you'll know what I'm talking about. But Jalen Hurts was a guest on the Manning cast last night. And mm-hmm. did you see, like, it's a painting in the background, right? So visualize... It's Jalen Hurts in, like, there's two people standing there, right? But it's Jalen Hurts in both of them. The picture on the left is a picture from the backside of him in his Alabama jersey. And the guy on the right is patting him on the top of the helmet. And it's Jalen Hurts in his OU uniform. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's... It's a painting. There's two different players. Both of them are him. One of them, it's like a view from the backside. The guy oh. on the left is he in his Alabama jersey. The guy on the right is he in his OU jersey. And the OU guy is patting the Alabama Jalen Hurts on the back of the helmet. Like, good job, man. Oh. I thought it was I thought it was Kyler Murray. But Well, I think it's well Jalen Hurts wore number one. I'm guessing that it's probably him. Right. Didn't Kyler wear number one? Yeah, they both did. So, are you sure it's not Kyler in the? It could be in the Orange game? Bowl, but I thought it was probably. Uh, I thought it was probably Jalen Hurts because he wore number one here. Yeah, maybe not. Well, that, that's that's probably right because, um, yeah, just looking at it, he because he wore like the red tape and stuff, and in that picture, he's got the red wrist tape on his on his left wrist. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. 
Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Right. It is actually. Cool painting. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next here from FSBO Homes. Check them out online, fsbohomes.com. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush. Short segments uh, before we get to the top of the hour, but first, I've uh, seen like three Big 12 power polls today. They all have uh, OU1, TCU2, KU3, and OU sitting back at 8. Hey, not 9 or 10, not as bad as I thought it might be, but uh, it seems like everyone thinks that OU is the 8th best team in the conference right now. Yeah, well, um, perhaps they are. We will wait and see. I hope they're not. (laughs) I hope they get it turned around. I mean, uh, they looked like it last week. I don't think there's any way around that. All right, we got the final hour next here from FSBO Homes.